Have you ever stumbled upon something of surpassing beauty which took your breath away and humbled you at the same time? If so, it affects you so that you can't turn away unchanged. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, following God, listening to His Word, and responding to Him in prayer. If you're new here, follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider. You're in the right place to grow your faith. In Season 4, we're reading and praying through a few New Testament letters. In Episode 1, we read Paul's letter to Philemon, a highly personal appeal to apply the gospel to a challenging social situation. Next, we turn to the letter to the Colossians, a church Paul and Timothy had not personally founded or visited. We heard how they prayed for these believers that they had heard about through Epaphras, most likely one of Paul's converts from the time he spent in Ephesus, someone who took the gospel to the Lycus Valley. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's word beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process. You can find details about that at wordofprayer.com. That's with dashes. Why did Paul and Timothy write to the Colossians? We can better pray this letter if we know the answer to that question. Did they want something from the Colossians, like the way that they made a request of Philemon? Was Paul concerned about some issue in Colossae that he felt he needed to address? We're going to find out the answer in our reading today, but it's going to come near the end of the selection, not at the beginning. We left off in our last episode hearing how Paul and Timothy prayed for the believers in Colossae. What comes next is they quote from an early Christian hymn that was known in the churches. It's a hymn that elevates and exalts Christ. In today's reading, let's listen to Colossians 1, 15 through chapter 2, verse 5. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, all things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. He is the head of the body, the church, as well as the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he may be first in all things. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross. All things through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. You were in past times alienated and enemies in your mind through your evil deeds. Yet now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you holy, without blemish, and blameless before him. If in fact you continue in the faith, grounded and firm, and without moving away from the hope of the good news which you heard, this good news is being proclaimed in all creation under heaven. And I, Paul, have become its servant. 
Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I fill up in my body for the sake of his body, the church, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. I became a servant of the church according to the stewardship from God given to me for you in order to fulfill the word of God, that is, the mystery kept hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known to them glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom, that we may present every person mature in Christ. I work toward this goal, struggling according to his power that powerfully works in me. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for any who I have not met in the flesh. My intent is that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding and knowledge of the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you through reasonable-sounding arguments. Even though I am absent in the body, I am present with you in the Spirit, rejoicing at your orderliness and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Did you hear Paul and Timothy's purpose in writing? It was there in chapter 2, verses 2, and again in verse 4. They write, they said, in order to encourage and strengthen the faith the Colossians have and the love that they should show to others. Further, they have some level of concern that the Colossians not be deceived or wander from the faith. And so, they're writing a letter of encouragement, trying to anchor and strengthen, to buttress the faith that these young believers already have, and to make sure they don't wander into error or into places that will be unfruitful and just untrue. There's a lot that we could explore in these verses that we've read today. Let's focus for now on how we can pray them. First question. What is your faith built on or rooted in? Paul and Timothy started this letter thanking God that the Colossians had a faith in Christ Jesus and a love for all the saints. That was back in chapter 1, verse 4, and I'm virtually quoting it word for word as they began their letter thanking God for the faith that these Colossians had and their love for all the saints. They even refer to this message that the Colossians have heard and believed as the gospel. I translated it as good news. But it's mentioned three times in verses 5 through 7 of chapter 1. And then it's mentioned twice again in today's reading in verse 23. So five times in chapter 1, in just, what, 30 verses, five mentions of the gospel. So this message is very clear, it is sharp, it is the basis for the Colossians' faith. Now, there are two really big points from today's reading that we should mention. 
And I'm going to leave the other finer points that we could get into to another time of in-depth study. The two big points are this. Jesus Christ is supreme first in all categories. That's the first one. And then second, all mysteries, all wisdom and knowledge are contained in Christ. The first truth is highlighted at the beginning of our reading today in verses 15 through 20, and in fact, continued through verse 23. Paul and Timothy quote the lyrics of a simple but profound early Christian hymn to remind the Colossians of what they believe. That's the part that we read at the beginning that says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, all things visible and invisible, whether thrones and dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. He is the head of the body, the church, as well as the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he may be first in all things. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross. All things through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Now there is something really interesting about those five verses. The name Jesus, the name Christ, isn't mentioned a single time in those verses. It starts with he, which I learned in English class is, that's an error to start a sentence with a pronoun and not have an antecedent or something that it refers to. But there is no mention of the name of Jesus or Christ in this hymn, in these five verses. However, there is no other person, no no being, no entity in the whole universe that these words could possibly apply to besides him. He's the firstborn. He's the image of God. He's the head of the body, the church. He made peace through the blood of his cross. All things created through him. And for him, there's just no one who fits this description but Christ. The second truth is shared at the end of chapter 1, starting in verse 26, and then continuing through chapter 2, verse 3. It takes us right into the middle of the section where Paul and Timothy tell us their purpose in writing this letter. And it's this, the second truth, God's mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We keep growing in Christ because he is a mystery you never exhaust or figure out completely. All the riches of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ. I think those two truths deserve more meditation and reflection from us. Whatever else Paul and Timothy are trying to say here, these are clearly of first order importance. Whenever Christians get their focus off of Christ, they usually stop acting like Christ. And when we start looking for wisdom or knowledge outside of Christ, we are in dangerous territory where we can be deceived. Pray with me, will you? Father, I have to say thank you, first, for sending your Son to show us the truth, for showing us who you really are, the truth also about who we are, the truth about my own plight, being mired in sin and stuck, 
captive to sin and its evil ways. And telling me the truth through Christ, showing me the truth about where real riches are found. I want to know you better. I want to grow in your image and likeness. Thank you for bringing me into your presence in Christ. God, forgive me for going wayward, for my foolishness in looking for wisdom and truth outside of Christ. I want to learn. Teach me your wisdom. Shine your light on me. In Jesus' name, amen. Great truths are not meant for the head and the heart alone. What we really, truly believe comes out in our actions, our words, our attitudes. The two big truths for today, that Jesus Christ is supreme first in all categories. And second, that all mysteries, all wisdom and knowledge are contained in Christ. These need to have some real-world impact in our lives. I want to push you a little further to get out of your comfort zone. These high truths should really stretch you. They should help you grow further than you have so far. Make the application in a tangible way today. Take one or both of these truths and ask God, what do you want me to do with this? How can I act on this that is a true and uh, authentic way to implement this in my life, in the context and the coincidences of my life today? Help me. And I would encourage you, make Christ the focus and go further than you have before. Verse 15 is a podcast meant to encourage you in your walk with God. If you're enjoying praying God's Word and you'd like to go a little deeper in Bible study into Colossians and Philemon, check out Christ Supreme, a study resource for you to explore deeper into God's Word. For details, go to wordofprayer.com or you can visit our Facebook page at Word of Prayer 15. Remember to check out the show notes as well from this episode for more helpful resources. Jesus, you are the image of the invisible God and all wisdom is hidden in you. Shine your light on me today.